Lab Rats. Welcome to Send This to Trace. I'm Hannah. I'm Emily. And we're two best friends who are recapping one of our favorite shows, CSI Crime Scene Investigation. Join us as we make our way through the top 50 ranked episodes and get a heaping dose of 2000s nostalgia along the way. Let's get to it! Woo! That won't go in it. <laughs> Welcome back to Send This to Trace Lab Rats. What's up? Hope your week has been absolutely stellar. Emily, how is your week? Oh, you know, <laughs> work. Uh, work is just trying to kill us all, let me tell you. I just got done telling Emily about how, so for the entire last week, I felt wonderful. <laughs> I, I had my energy. I wanted to eat things. Now I feel like crap again. And it's not fair. And I, I don't want to do that anymore. It's going to be a long... <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to do it. How, how many months? Ugh, I've got like six left. Yeah. Brace yourself. <laughs> I just want to get through this first trimester BS and yeah. move on. For sure. So. Yeah, that's a terrible feeling. And I'm going to Dollywood on Monday. Yeah, yes. And I'm a little nervous. I was going to say, is that a good because thing? Because I was like, oh, I'm doing great. I forgot energy. I can walk around Dollywood and oh. I'm like... Can I walk around Dollywood? Also, um, in what was it like September? Yeah. That we went to Dollywood and wore freaking leggings like okay. a bunch of ding dongs. We were very excited. Don't do that. So you'll die of a heat stroke. But even though they decorate Dollywood for fall, <laughs> it doesn't feel fall. like fall in September. Mm-mm. So we had planned we this was back in like 2014, 2015, where like, riding boots were like everything. So we were all wearing our brown riding boots and leggings. And, like, I wore a t-shirt and a freaking jacket, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it was, like, 80 degrees. It was so... We looked absolutely we looked ridiculous. So ridiculous. Everybody in line was just kind of like, what the hell? Like, what are they? their shorts and sandals. Doing? It was... So, do not... Don't, don't do that. As fall as it as you feel in your heart, don't trust we it. We wanted it to be fall weather so bad, and wear our leggings so we bad. Manifested and it didn't manifest. It did not. It was bad. It, it was really it. bad. We we regretted that. So we've still got some months to go. But my mother, so I told her I was going to Dollywood, and she was like, now, Hannah, she was like, you're pregnant, so don't you be going on any of those roller coasters. Bless I was it. like, do you think I'm stupid? <laughs> You think I don't know how you get jerked around on those things? I was like, my stomach hurts even if I'm not pregnant. I was like, I'm yeah. putting the baby I was going to say, like, a lot of that stuff straps across your belly like yes. that, and it doesn't matter if you're pregnant or not. No. That's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. I was like, I'm only riding rides that toddlers can ride. <laughs> that they will allow a 30-year-old on. If he sort of sends me around, I ain't doing it. You can ride the train. I can ride the train. I can ride the piggy parade where the pigs just go in a circle. <laughs> I can ride the cars, like the vintage little cars. Yes. So there are oh things I can do. I just can't Those ride cars. the roller coasters. Which yeah. roller coasters are one of my one true loves. And yeah, you can't you can't do it with a little nugget there. No, I can't. Anyway, but it'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. The little nug will be worth it. And then I can take her to Dollywood, yes. and she can watch me ride. <laughs> She'll, Mama will show her how it's done. Show her okay. Her roller coasters. Yes. And she's not gonna be like I was, twelve years old and scared to death. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. She's gonna. Oh, we're gonna raise her right. We're gonna raise that. We're gonna like, uh, raise this little toot right. Yeah. You can go upside down. It's all right. Yeah. Absolutely. It's all good. 
You may or may not pass out the throw up, but it'll be all right. It'll be just fine. <laughs> okay, let's well, let's get into our episode this week. Yes, so, Lord I have mercy. my book. Okay, <laughs> let's go. This episode is season five, episode twenty-four, very last part one of the last episode of yes. the series. Grave danger, not grave digger. We've like been wanting I, to say I grave digger. Grave digger, which that's a song that I like, so that's why I keep and saying. And it's also like I was saying, I think it's on Bones. Was yeah. I think that's oh, what it's called it, grave digger. I think the the person was called a grave digger. Yes. Like it was, yeah. So this is grave danger part one, mm-hmm. and we talked about this last week. We couldn't figure out whether this was one episode or two, and through my research, I still don't know. <laughs> so. It's the, weird because different platforms broke it up, and so you can't figure Hulu out... Hulu has it in two sections. IMDb has it as two separate episodes. Really? But they both have the same air date. But when you watch them, they have a previously on CSI segment filmed with Grissom like narrating. Mm-hmm. So like they wouldn't do that if it was one big episode. You wouldn't need to, would you? Yeah, so because like, if it's like broken up, you like you wouldn't. I'm confusion. <laughs> I, don't I know. mean, either way, it's a really long episode because it's, it's different than the Lady Heather one. Yeah, the Lady Heather one really was one big long ass episode. That was that aired as yes. one big episode. Which, and then you look on IMDb at the because they give you the length of the episode, mm. and it says that each part is an hour and a half, which is not true. The whole thing together is an hour and a half, right? Because they're like what forty five minutes, yeah. Or something? So somebody is on crack. <laughs> doesn't know somebody messed up the organization. Know what they're doing? And speaking of, uh, don't know what they're doing. So there is an episode in our list, uh, the very last episode, mm-hmm. um, and. <laughs> text Hannah and I said where in the world did you come up with Girls Gone Gadget? So, th- I swear. <laughs> and I she sent me a video rankings. and she was like, this. <laughs> I looked up the rankings on IMDb and there is an episode, it says, from an unknown season called Girls Gone Gadgets. And it is ranked very highly on the list. Yes. And so I was like, what the hell is Girls Gone Gadgets? Where is it? <laughs> and there's one called Girls Gone Wild that right. is the same, but it's not ranked as high. And I was oh, like, so I, oh, yeah, it's, so it's I a was wrong. Thing. But like, I can't figure find anything out about it. I've Googled searched Girls Gone Gadgets and can't find a damn thing about I it. I wonder if it is just the Girls Gone Wild, or is that even on the list? Mm-mm. No? No. So is it, maybe it is Girls Gone Wild. Since it's like the last episode, was I was it the like, same I'll thumbnail? figure that out. <laughs> yeah. It's, we've got time to figure no, that out. the thumbnail is just the, uh, like, the cover art. Like, the series cover art. It's oh. just like Ted Danson. That's stupid. Yeah. Well, I did. I was like, because uh, I was writing out all these um, episodes to try to get myself organized. And I texted Hannah and I was like, what is this? <laughs> and I was like, well, thinking, well, maybe it was just like pregnancy brain. Did I just like completely Did she just control? like really have a squirrel moment? But this was before you were pregnant. Yeah, no, I wrote this out a long time yes, ago. Yes, that li- that particular list. Yeah. And I was like, did she just like have a moment and just didn't realize that she put gadgets instead of... <laughs> no, that's what it says. It, said, it yeah. says it's from an unknown season. And I was like, I was like well, is this the TV movie? Because the, the Girls Gone Wild is in season 14. Yeah. And not season 15. Yeah. As it said that um, on, on the list that you yeah. put together. And I was like, um... Confused. <laughs> we will figure this out by yeah. the time we get to girls. We have a ways. We got some time. We have a ways, but it was just funny because um, I thought Hannah had a stroke. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I did not. Did not. 
Okay. So, so like I said, we're at the end of season five. We didn't have a ton of episodes in between where we did last time and this thing. Yeah. There's just really a, like a lot of more filler episodes. There's just a couple things that happen with our characters. So Brass and his daughter had an episode mm-hmm. where he like goes on vacation. Lord, that was go good and help her. Which Brass's daughter is another Gilmore Girls alumni. I saw that. Miss and Louise. Miss Louise. Paris's Paris's friend, Louise. <gasps> it is. Yeah. Oh, Lord have mercy. She's so funny in Gilmore Girls. Yes. Really, she's one of my she's the ditzy one, right? With uh, the like short, really short hair? No, she's the blonde one who's like slightly smarter. She's the, the blonde. The really ditzy one is Madeline. Oh. And she has black hair. Yeah. I guess the hair threw me off. Yes. Dadgummit, I was sitting there. I'm like, sh- I know she has to be on something that I literally just watched. Yeah. And no. Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Shout out to Lindsay. Uh, Yes. I thought that person looked familiar. <laughs> so and she was, and she was because anyway, it from Gilmore Girls. So like, Brass goes to goes to L.A. to help uh, his daughter Ellie Louise with like an issue. Like her a friend, friend of hers goes that's missing or mm-hmm. something. Her like friend that. goes missing. It wasn't a stout like a stellar episode or anything like that. But I liked it being a brass centered episode. It was still was cool. very good because I liked the way it developed Brass as a character. Yes. Other than that, like the. the it was kind of whatever. It was just, you yeah. know, whatever. But Warwick. Mm. Yeah. Scoodly dude on down to yes, LA. Yes, help. Yes. Uh, it was great. There's also some drama with Catherine. So there's an episode where Catherine goes to a bar after work. And she gets that hit on by this guy. That freaked me out. She gets hit on by this guy. And she, like, turns Nasty. down his, like, advances and he, like, rams her up against her car or something. Or, like, makes her fall into her car or well, something. Well, they were canoodling at the car. Yeah. And then she she kind of had she a panic moment. Yeah. And she's like, oh, okay, I, I can't do this or whatever. Mm-hmm. So she tries to get in her car. And he, like, forces himself to, like... Shut the door, And yeah. he somehow, like, bumps the door to where, like, knocked her in the cheek. Which mm-hmm. made my face hurt whenever that happened. And he, like, basically just called her, like, just... A useless bitch, and yeah. just you know, was she wasn't worth the trouble. He kind was of a thing. real gem. He was uh, something. But anyway, he later on in the night he gets accused of murder, and is like a suspect. Which I really thought it was him. And so like Catherine has to like both investigate the case and be like a witness for like where he was that evening. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting. There's also like some Catherine home time drama with like not being home for Lindsay, mm-hmm. uh, who's like constantly having to be watched by her grandmother, Catherine's mom. Who's kind of like Catherine? You need to be home. Which, honestly, she can't. She could have skipped going to the bar. She could have gone home. Well, it's it's, it's hard. It's a. Hard, <clears throat> I don't have kids, yeah. but it's one of those like. Sometimes you just need a minute, especially with her line of work. Yeah. Maybe she just didn't want to bring that home. Yeah. Like that. That's true. That pent up energy, I guess, and then just go relax, have a drink, and then come back home. Um, but I see both sides of it. Her, her mom says something where it's like, you're, you have all this happening in your life and you're missing it. Like mm-hmm. with Lindsay and all of that stuff. So mm-hmm. it was, it was kind of sad, but it was, it, it was, was a, a pretty heavy, like, you don't know who to side with kind of, kind of thing. Yeah. Cause you see both sides of it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty much caught us up with where are we now in this episode we go. <laughs> Grave danger. What number was it? Part one, um, number 16. So is it 16 and 17? Yeah. Part For, one is 16, part two is 17. Okay. I didn't know if they yes. broke it up yeah. like too far in, in the rankings. Yeah. No, they're right next to each other, which is appropriate. 
Uh, yeah, because you it literally drops off a cliffhanger <laughs> for the part one enough. I want to mention before we get started. Yeah, this two part episode, both parts are writ are story created and directed by Quentin Tarantino. Really? Yes. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I was sense. watching this and I was like, Quentin Tarantino directed this. Episode? <laughs> I was like, what? And when you what watch it, laugh right now. when you watch it, I was like, yeah, this is very Tarantino. I know. Now that you said that, I was like, yep, yeah, that's on par. That makes sense. Yeah, makes total sense. So, so I will, I will put like a disclaimer of trigger warnings. Yes, good idea. A lot of these episodes are pretty content heavy with like trigger warnings and stuff yeah so but this has uh animal abuse mm-hmm. and um like the confinement like being buried claustrophobia, alive. Things yeah like that. claustrophobia being buried alive that that kind it's of thing a, it's a heavy ass episode it's so. it's very heavy so i just want to start Compare out oh, oh lord what's the matter <sighs> your husband <laughs> It was just walking on his own front porch, and I like to have a heart attack. We're in my house, and from where the office is, you can just see the front door. And he took the dog for a walk, so he just like, Lord have mercy. I just happened to look up, and he was just there, and it just it just <laughs> got me. So I do apologize for that. All right, uh, you may take it away for the summary for Grave Danger Part One. Yes, so I'm gonna do uh, Part One, and then the next week I was gonna do Part Two. Yes. Um, so. It'll be it'll be fun. So hang on to your butts. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Greg is pretty heavy in this one, and uh, yes. we have I have some thoughts mm-hmm. on the Gregors, uh, but we'll get to that at the end. So, um, all right. So this this episode does have kind of like some flashbacks. Um, just so like it starts out one way and then it'll flash back and then it'll go back to the current yes. thing. It's not as bad as the one the four. It only does it like once really. Yeah, so it's like just to show like where Nick went. Yeah. Um so this is an episode about Nick. Um and we need to um I thought about uh doing a recording of the opening scene mm-hmm. where he's singing. Yeah. And I was like <gasps> He's it just it just melted my heart. So it starts with him and his vehicle driving to the scene and he's singing i guess it's called christmas in vegas i don't mm-hmm. know the song but it's really cute and he's like just, he's a little texas like, boy and he's just in vegas or just, i don't know how it goes scooting down <laughs> the yeah we're not gonna sing it for you um but um uh, are you gonna do that clip or do you want to wait i'm gonna look up christmas in las vegas by richard Sheese. i think this is it christmas in las vegas that's all right <laughs> no that's not it <laughs> No, no. <laughs> oh, here no. We go. Dale Watson. That sounds much better. <laughs> That's not right. Whatever. Anyway, it's a song about Christmas in Las Vegas. And I can't find it. Anyway. You'd have to pull it from the actual episode because that neither one of those were No, that was wrong. not right. It was just the cutest thing because Nick is so wholesome. <laughs> and I was like, uh, no, 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 no. It was very precious. Okay, well, anyways, just watch that story. <laughs> um, <clears throat> there's that. Uh, but he's cute, singing in his car uh, on his way to a crime. Mm-hmm. So, Nick is called to a crime scene to investigate an anonymous 911 call about body parts in the area. And I was like, just, oh, body parts. just a body part. Uh, that's, that's iffy. When he gets to the scene, uh, the responding officer leads him to the bloody pile of intestines um, 
and a vacant lot. And it is just a blob of intestines. It is disgusting. In a parking lot. It's so gross. Yeah. Gross. Um, so, um, the officer takes him to the, to the place. Uh, after the officer wanders off to his cruiser to get some fresh air, uh, he throws up. Um, and Nick just kind of chuckles because it's like, this, this ain't nothing, you know. Um, so Nick starts to take pictures of the evidence, unaware that someone is watching him from behind a dumpster, which is creepy. Uh, he places an evidence marker next to the intestines and, um, he goes up a little further and there's a broken cigarette above, um, just right above that. So he puts another marker there and then he looks up and sees, um, oh, he finds some tire tracks. So Mm -hmm. he puts a marker right there and he's taking pictures throughout, um, trying to collect everything. And just a short distance away, he sees a styrofoam cup and an evidence in an evidence bag. And I saw that and was like, mm-mm. Luring him with bagged evidence is nuts. <sighs> it hurt my heart. Yes. Like, it made me, it put a pit in my stomach. You can tell something's up. Yes. So, as he goes to process the bag, he, um, a figure appears behind him and grabs him. So, Catherine Grissom and Brass arrive at the scene 25 minutes later. Brass berates the officer for taking his eyes off of Nick, Mm -hmm. while Catherine and Grissom examine the scene. They find Nick's evidence markers and come across Nick's vest. Catherine pulls a white fiber from the vest and knows that it smells like alcohol. Grissom notices the plastic bag with the cup and finds it curious because it's not their um, typical labeling bag. It's not like the red tape color. Mm -hmm. It's It's yellow tape. Catherine joins him and points out that the evidence tape, um, evidence bag has yellow tape on it, which the lab doesn't use. Um, there are no initials on the seal, no indication that Nick did this um, bagging of evidence. Gerson wonders if this is a message mm-hmm. uh, from the killer or, you know, whatever person, <clears throat> person at this point that may be linked to Nick's disappearance. Um, it flashes back to several hours earlier in the lab. Grissom recreates a double murder and informs a surprise Sarah that identical twins were shot back to back, um, with one bullet. I was, when it did that, I was thinking like, uh, who are these girls? What, what, <laughs> what is happening? Yeah. I, who he was investigating before Nick went missing. Yes. Um, so it, that scene was very terrifying. That was um, very scary. Because it does a flashback of what, what happened to these girls. Yeah. Um, so they were shot back to back with one bullet, which created two different blood spatters with the same DNA because they're different ones. Um, elsewhere on a seemingly low night in a slow night in the lab, Archie asked, um, Echol for a little extra pay in order to fund a trip to, um, present a paper while Greg and Hodges plays a board game. It's a Dukes of Hazard board game, too. And it cracked me up. So funny. Yes. So, like, first of all... Hodges' there, par- uh, personality comes out in this, and it's hilarious. They're sitting there playing this game, and Hodges is like, Man, I kind of miss the old Greg. Nuts, nutty t-shirts, and crazy hair, and freaking Greg's got a mop going on. And I was like, what the hell do you think this is? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I too. And it's like a yellow blonde, it's, like in the yeah. early 2000s. I was like, and it you was, think this is bad? I was like, this is normal hair? Like, <laughs> are you kidding Have me? you seen that mop on top of his head? Anyway, that made me get cold. That is hilarious. Yeah, no, I noticed the same thing. Um, so, uh, in the locker room, Warwick recounts the events of his date the other night to Nick, telling him Maybe that he almost... <laughs> yes, girl. 
telling him that he almost got into a fight with two other guys. Catherine appears and presents Nick and Warwick with two cases, a uh, trash run or an assault on a strip club. They flip a coin for the strip club case, and Warwick is the victor. Mm-hmm. As Nick walks away, he flips a coin to Warwick, saying that it's bad luck. That, like, he wants him to, like, keep it yeah. um, because of the toss or whatever. Yeah. And what was funny is that when Catherine handed him, them the cases, she's like, I'm not in the mood. Or I don't have time to play favorites, so you two do get out. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Catherine. Which is so funny because, like, let fate decide. Who she goes loves to her voice. Oh. Yeah, it was, yeah. So um, we're back at the present time. Um, Nick awakens in the trunk of a car with his hands zip tied behind him. As the car stops, Nick positions himself in a way where he'll uh, kick his kidnapper when the trunk is open. However, his kidnapper instead appears behind him and knocks him out again, mm-hmm. which is terrifying. Yeah. Um, Catherine and Grissom continue to look over the scene. Uh, while Catherine finds nothing in the nearby dumpster, Grissom examines the entrails, the intestines. Yeah. Disgusting. So gross. Would hate to have that job. Um, he notes that the blood pool around uh, around the intestines is too perfect. And that these uh, that there's no splatter, so it appears that somebody had placed these there yeah. to Laurel, uh, Laurel, Laurel, to lure somebody to it. Mm-hmm. Eggly arrives and tells them that the uh, that this is the only case uh, the lab is going to be working on, and the entire department will be helping out. I was like, thank you, Eggly. I was like, good you do have an inkling cares. of a heart. Yeah. yeah. I, I, Eckley really does improve. As he is actually on. getting him. It, it's getting better. More, more that one <laughs> really got me. I was like, all right. I was like, oh. he's not a complete asshole. Yeah. Um, so, Warwick shows up and offers to help. Nick's vest is shown to scent dogs, and they start to uh, run after the trail, and Warwick follows behind them. The scent trail stops cold at a rectangular void in the pavement made by a large vehicle that was parked there while it was raining. Mm-hmm. Warwick measures the void and goes uh, goes to take his notes out of his vest. Instead, he finds the coin um, Nick gave him earlier. Warwick looks up at the sky and sighs. Gotta find his bud. He's pitiful. Like, he's all about finding uh, his bud. He kills me in yeah. this episode. He's pretty emotional. Um, for the most part, he held it together, but then he did have a few moments, and I was mm-hmm. like, girl, I don't love you. Um... So, Doc informs Catherine that the intestines at the scene are canine. Sarah tells Grissom that she got no results from the evidence bag that was recovered from the scene that had the styrofoam cup in it. She also went over Nick's camera and found pictures from the scene, but none of them included his kidnapper. Greg has pulled all of Nick's active cases, and Grissom has him check to see if there's um, if anyone has a grudge against Nick. Particularly his stalker from like a couple seasons ago that we covered. Yes, yeah. Her uh, <laughs> I forgot about that. Including us, uh, civil com- uh, civilian complaints and death threats. Yep. Hodges runs uh, the track and well-based measurements um, in the system and finds seven possible vi- uh, vehicles that match the dimensions. Mm-hmm. Warwick speaks to the b- dispatch officer and has her run the traffic cameras in a three block, three block radius, um, f- compared to where Nick, um, Nick's crime scene was. They spot, they spot a Ford Expedition truck that's moving rather quickly and Warwick has her track it. We now see Nick lying flat on his back in a box with vents on the sides. 
The kidnapper cuts the zip ties from Nick's wrist and puts glow sticks, a gun, and a tape recorder in the box. He then closes the lid and starts covering the box with dirt, burying Nick alive. <sighs> this will straight up give you anxiety. It, it, if it don't, then... I, I don't know what to tell you. You, you need to talk to a therapist. Because it's... Um, because, oh boy. <laughs> um, it was a lot. And Nick is knocked out at this point. Like, he yeah, has no idea. He it. actually wakes up in the box, and that's terrifying. Uh-huh. Um, so, the team meets uh, meets to go over what they have so far. The expedition, assuming that it's the vehicle that's carrying Nick, headed east until it drove off the grid. The white fibers recovered from Nick's vest were cotton with traces of um, ether on them. Mm-hmm. Grissom finds this odd, as not many people use ether anymore. Greg says that none of Nick's active or recent cases stand out and that his stalker is still behind bars. Mm -hmm. They wonder if Nick was just a random target as the kidnapper didn't know um, ahead of time that Nick would be the one. Yeah, he's not going to know that Nick's the one they sent Mm -hmm. out. So it is kind of random. So Sarah adds that there were no prints on the styrofoam cup or the evidence bag. They're suddenly distracted by loud shouting. Mm -hmm. Hodges is yelling at the counter. uh, At the counter. Shit. (laughs) Hodges is yelling at the courier who has dropped off a package. He rips the package out of the courier's hand and tells Grissom that he was trying to prevent any prints from getting smudged mm-hmm. as the package pertains to Nick. That was so funny. <laughs> like, Hodges, what the hell are you like, doing? What are we doing? <laughs> Why are you like assaulting this? <laughs> and he was like, let me back up. I didn't want the truth. <laughs> He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> So Grissom really did save the day. <laughs> he he really did. He and he does save the day like toward the he end saves of the day too. later too. Um so and that'll be in part two, so stay yes. tuned. Uh Grissom takes the package into the lab while the rest of the team watches uh from afar. He carefully cuts open the package and finds a cassette tape and a flash drive inside. There's no trace on either item. Nick awakens in the box and uh hits his head on the lid as he tries to sit up. As he comes to, he finds the glow stick illuminating the area, horrifyingly discovers that he's been buried alive. That is a nightmare. And he kind of has this, like, panic moment where he starts, like, crashing around. It's, uh, uh, It'll hurt your heart real quick. absolutely hate it. The way that it was shot, and, like, like you're in the dirt, was very, Uh, very scary. So this box is, I think Grissom says it's two by two by six. Mm -hmm. Which... And it's acrylic. No. So that's a no, no go for me. No. Yeah. I have recurring nightmares about being in like small spaces like that. I can't do water slides that aren't open in some capacity. Right. Like where I'm like by myself. If I'm in a raft, whatever. Right. But like when you have to like cross your arms and you, there's no opening to the outside, yeah. I cannot do that. Mm-mm. No. Uh, I understand. So for sure. mess with me. Also, freaking George Eads. Is it Eads or Eads? I don't know how to pronounce it. The actor's last name that plays Nick. He, his acting is nuts. It was actually kind of scary. It was so good. Yeah. Like, he really looked like he was going through something. Like, he was having a panic attack. Yes. Which, I feel like, going into it, it kind of, you know, actually, this kind of reminded me of Fear Factor. Yeah. Um, As we'll find out toward the end mm-hmm. of it, like, why I think it's what Fear happens, Factor. yeah. But, um, I wonder if, like, you know, you're in, like, an acting position like that, and then something inside you just, like, triggers. Yeah. And it becomes and more pull, pull from it, yeah. more of an emotion, like a real emotion versus, like, you're mm-hmm. just acting. Holy. Like, 
I it gave just, me chills I was to watch him do that. Acting performance. Yeah. Honestly. Oh yeah. Like, where's his Emmy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he needs one for that for sure. Yes. Yeah. Um. So, um, he picks up the gun nearby and finds that it's loaded. As he reaches around, he also finds the tape recorder and hits pl- hits the play button. He hears the following message: "Hi, CSI guy." Um, you wondering why you're here? Because you followed the evidence. Because that's what CSIs do. So breathe quick, breathe slow, put your gun in your hand, in your mouth, and pull the trigger any way you like. You're going to die here. Ugh. And I was like, ugh. Hated it. No, no. Um, and then we find out later that it was, it was rigged to kill him anyway. Yeah. Like, regardless, the goal of was to. Happened. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Nick's breathing becomes panicked, and he starts banging on the box, trying to find a way out. His uh, panicked screams soon turn into sobs. And this is where we were talking about how he was, like, Ugh, thrashing and having a moment. Yeah. Like, it was... It kind of made me, like, tear up a little bit. I know. Because I, I was, like... Close to, yeah. to tears. So, um, back in the lab, with the team huddled around him, Grissom puts the tape cassette into a player and presses play. The only thing on the tape is the song Outside Chance by the Turtles, um, and its only purpose is to taunt the CSIs, yeah. which is creepy. Uh, Grissom then puts the flash drive in the computer, and the following message appears. One million dollars in 12 hours, or the CSI dies. Drop off instructions to follow, and now, uh, for your viewing pleasure, you can only uh, you can only watch. So, you can't hear anything. There's a live video feed in the box with, with Nick, and it is like right over his disturbing. Head. Yeah, it's very creepy. Disturbing. So, Grissom clicks the watch button, and they're horrified to see a live video feed of Nick's predicament. As the lights in the box shine on Nick, he continues to wiggle around trying to find a way out. Those lights are freaking bright, and I cannot imagine yeah. the massive headache that you would have after that. Yeah. Um, as the rest of the team continues to watch the feed, Grissom does some calculations and believes that Nick has an hour and 15 minutes of air left. Catherine notes that they have 12 hours to deliver the money. If Nick is going to be kept alive for that long, he must have an additional air supply. Yeah. The video feed cuts out and brings them back to the watch, um, screen again, where they can push the button. Warwick clicks the button and verifies that they're looking at a live feed, which is extremely disturbing yeah so like every time they push the watch button the lights come on and they can see nick right it kind of like flashes back and forth between nick and the box and and the video feed yeah that it's it's a live feed yeah um and the the feed only lasts for like what two minutes i think i think so So it's it's very very short yeah uh, so, uh, Brass interrogates the courier and his lawyer. The courier says um, that he got a call to pick up a package. When he got to the address, he found the package with $100 bill, um, $100 taped to it, which he quickly grabbed gambled away. He never spoke to anyone. Brass and some of the officers headed to the address and break down the door. Uh, inside, they find an overweight drunk guy asleep in his recliner. The address is dead end. <laughs> Brass says, Lord have mercy. Didn't find anything but a fat drunk and a bad smell. <laughs> <laughs> I freaking love Brass and his also, wit. Did you see that uh, the courier's lawyer? <laughs> he He's in the hat. yes that uh, that man is yeah. in the blacklist. Really? Yes. He He's sorry. actually the DMV uh, manager. Now that makes sense. It's hilarious yeah. and he has like this banter with um red yeah it's 
This guy's like a boss hog looking character. Like he's really funny. And he's like he's the like, way hey, uh, you ain't gotta speak to nobody. What 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 did he call him? Oh, I don't remember. Uh, he called him some like something the southerner. Probably like Buckaroo or something. Yeah, so it was something like that. I was like, oh dear God. So funny. Oh, uh, but yes, he is in the Black Bus, and he's the uh, DMV funny. manager, and it's hilarious. Um, so uh, Bryce uh, relays this to Grissom who guesses that the kidnapper picked a house at random knowing that the police were going to chase it. Eggley informs the department that the city of Las Vegas isn't going to finance the ransom as they have a policy to not negotiate with terrorists. Meanwhile, Catherine and Grissom meet with Nick's parents who tell them that they've gathered up some money but uh, will need another day to reach the $1 million ransom. Grissom tells them that they have very little information about who has Nick or why they have him. Nick's father asks for proof that Nick is still alive, and Grissom shows him the live video. As they watch the feed, Nick's mother leaves the room, clearly upset, um, and beside herself. His sweet little country parents have yes. to watch him in there. It was sad. It was it was heartbreaking. Um, his father wonder, wonders aloud what his Nick has gotten himself into, uh, and calls him Poncho. Poncho. Which cries. Yeah, like I was <laughs> so like, cute. Uh, and then at the end. Like, I'm not going to say it, but in the we'll second part, <laughs> woo, for a full circle, like, <laughs> emotions right there. And it, like, it'll it'll make your heart fall, fall out of your butthole. Yes, so, um, as she watches the timer under the video countdown, Catherine appears to come to a decision and exits the lab. Eckley meets up with under, um, under Sheriff Je- Jeffrey McKean and offers to cut back on the lab's budget to help save a million dollars over the next fiscal year. Um, uh, McKean rejects the idea, saying that there's no way the sheriff would cut cut back on services to the taxpayers. He coldly advises Eckley to prepare his people for a funeral, which is like, oh, lordy. Like, thanks for keeping up with your own. Yeah. Um, Catherine heads to the casino and asks her father, Sam Braun, uh, for the money. She's going to Sam. The hooch that he has sit next to her. I know. Catherine was like, you hush. Hush. Like, cause. Cause they, she's like, he's already got a woman lady or something. Yeah. He, <laughs> I, mm, I, Catherine had more composure than I would because yeah. I would have reached across and slapped her. Also, one of Sam's friends, like male friends, thought that she was like a, like just some, like just a, like a waitress or something. Yeah. He also did a Jack Nicholson impression before she came. It, was, it was hilarious. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this guy's Jack Nicholson impression. He's on it. <laughs> yeah. And then like the the girl sitting next to Sam, and then Catherine was like, hush. Like, Sam, I need to talk to you right now. Yep. I was like, get it, girl. I'm your kid, and then I'm he says that that was, like, his daughter. And then you could see the girl just be like, oh, oh shit. Okay. <laughs> um, trust me, Catherine is better looking than you, so yeah. get over it. Um, so, uh, Sam correctly guesses that the department won't finance the ra- ransom and asks why he should. She tells him that this would be good publicity for him, but he um, rebuffs the notion that he's... Um, that he even needs the publicity. He refuses to help the police and has Catherine ask for the money as his daughter, not as a cop. Mm -hmm. Which, like, got me. I know. Got me. Catherine's able to get the money and brings it to Grissom, who is unhappy about where she got it from, understandably. 
Uh, he tells her that it will look like Sam bribed the lab, but Catherine replies that she cares way more about Nick than the lab's integrity. Yep. Which I was like, uh, thank you, somebody. You. Yeah. Grissom sighs deeply and agrees to accept the money on the condition that he, um, that he is the one who makes the drop. Uh, Catherine insists that it, uh, because it's her money. However, Grissom says that uh, she needs to hand, um, she needs to be hands off. Um, Sam's name can't be attached to. Right, it can't look like Catherine's involved mm-hmm. with Sam and Sam's involved with the Brown yeah, Lab, it's and it's just a whole. It's a lot of stuff. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, as far as they're concerned, the money was given to the lab anonymously. And I was like, uh, thank you. Yeah. Grissom thinking on your freaking feet. Yeah, that's better. Um, which worked out really well. Uh, so the timer on Nick's video feed ends and a message pops up in its place. Uh, 4672 Carney Lane, um, Boulder Highway. Be there in 20 minutes or don't bother coming. Grissom has the address alone. Inside, he sees a vehicle that matches the description of the getaway car. He mentions aloud that he's from the, the crime lab, mm-hmm. and a voice from another room tells him to come through the door. And that gave me chills. Dude, is so weird. Um, as Grissom moves further in, further in, he spots a dead dog amongst the uh, rather dingy living space. In the other room, a man is seen watching Nick on the live video feed. Grissom slides the money over to the kidnapper, who seems sure that there is some trick to play, such as a tracer or a dye pack. Grissom, Grissom assures him that there are no no tricks. They just want Nick back. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, get it, get it, Grissom. Yeah, like, just, no. Just he was not giving him the time of day. Like, it. yeah. So the kidnapper opens the bag and seems surprised that the money is real. When Grissom asks where Nick is, the kidnapper starts asking him questions. What does Nick Stokes mean to you? How do you feel when you see him in that coffin? Does your soul die every time you push that button? How do you feel knowing that there's nothing you can do to get him out of that hill? Helpless, useless, uh, impotent. Right? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Uh, totally tripped over my words. Uh, The kidnapper reveals that he's wearing a Simtex vest and suggests that Grissom, um, suggests to Grissom that he back up. Uh, soon thereafter, the kidnapper blows himself up, leaving Grissom bloodied and money floating in the air. He's no closer to finding Nick. The shot of the money, like, floating in this warehouse where this guy's guts have just been, like, exploding Ugh. everywhere. It was very, like, it was a great shot, though, of the money just, like, slowly falling through the air. It, it was, was also, like, ugh. Yeah, it looks like he, like, did, like, a magic trick. Obviously, yeah. he blew himself it did, up. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's like one of those, like, you drop the, like, the smoke bomb, and yes. then, like, money goes everywhere, the door blasts open, yeah. like, it looks like he escapes, but uh-huh. it was, like, a legit, like, he literally blew himself I'm like, damn, yeah, that escalated. It was, it was nuts. <laughs> so, this is the end of part one. Um, it does leave you on a cliffhanger. Yes, it does. So, um, like, they have no clue where Nick is. The dude that does know where Nick is, is dead. Literally just blew himself up. And what the heck do we do now? Yeah, and it we it'll make you <laughs> it'll make you anxious. Yes, it will. It's a nail bar. Yes. So. So, part one for fashion, I didn't really pay much attention to the fashion because of all the stuff going on. There wasn't too much actually. The only thing I wrote down was Nick's jeans is they're all right. Yeah, <laughs> they're pretty. Nick's good haircut. Jeans. His haircut's on better. point. Yes. And uh, poor Greg. We gotta do something with that hair. Greg's it was looking his, better before. He's in his mop era where it's straightened. That was a like, thing, not though. Not spiky, just. It was that a was thing. a thing. You're right. I remember it in sure eighth was. grade, what, 2006, 2007? Seven? Yeah. 
right? I think so. God, I fold. I know. Um, that was the thing. All the eighth grade boys had that swooshy, like, stick straight hair, and it was all yeah. the rage. And I'm like, oh boy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, that was so rough. he was of the time, but it yeah. hits him. It, it does. Him. Yeah. That's the only thing I had for fashion and Greg. Greg plays a bit more of a part in the next part. Yeah. So he actually did pretty good in this part. He um, did. But it is a little more subtle. Yeah. Um, and we get to the real meat of this. Yes, okay, and so. Greg like really like gets in there and gets mm-hmm. shit done. Yes, he do. Um, but the uh, the moment that he has this with has this shoot has with Hodges with the board game is yeah, freaking is hilarious so because Hodges is like, oh yeah, I'm gonna like whoop your butt at this game because I know all the things and mm-hmm. like uh, Greg gets lucky with uh-huh. it and he's just he just kind of. <laughs> like just def- deflates okay. that, yeah. So like it was Hodges and Greg's relationship. They yeah. like rid each other, and uh-huh. yeah. And cute. Hodges is like, um, he he comes into the the second part, uh, and it's hilarious. It's fantastic. Yes, it's great. So to wrap up part one, MVP is Nick, obviously. <laughs> Duh, he's the I, freaking star of the whole he, thing. He's the star of this one. His acting is amazing. He goes through absolute hell. Yeah, it's, he goes through it's a real quite a bit of emotions. Yeah. It's a real journey for mm-hmm. him. For Case and characters, I gave Case a 4. Almost a 5, but I gave it a 4. Yeah, and I agree with that. I four gave is good. characters is 5 out of 5. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Yeah. I, gave, I think I gave it Case a 4 because characters was the main focus this time. Like getting and not set the up case. with like where yes. Nick is, how they're feeling about Nick being in there. And then the next part is where they really dig into their CSI evidence. It's not just like they're getting rights and money from Sam. And in part two, I have some questions uh-huh. about the actual case. Yeah. Um, but we'll get into it and I'll see what your opinion is. Yeah, yeah. Um, but otherwise, yeah, is it was a hell of an episode. So I gave it a 4.5, which I think may be the highest I've given any episode so far that we've done. I can't I remember. I think one episode got a 5, yeah. didn't it? I think maybe like The Finger. Because the finger was one that we really, really liked too. Yes, that was a while ago. But it's um, it's very rare. It's that pretty we high that. up there on the rare like yeah. as far as our ranking yes. goes. Because we changed our ranking style. Like, Lady Heather's box. Lady Heather's box we ranked really high. Uh huh. Um and the finger. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this one was really good. Um, it is a two parter. Uh huh. Trust me, it is well worth so the wait. So y'all, y'all come back next week for the thrilling conclusion. Oh boy, it'll make your emotions go like from one end to the spectrum to the other. Yes. Yeah. So, thanks for hanging out with us. Yes, thanks. Thanks for coming on our on our forty five minute journey. We got another forty five minute journey coming right up next week. Yes. So. Oh, sorry, that was my chair. <laughs> Hit that subscribe button to make sure that you don't miss it. And we will see you next Tuesday. Come hang out with us. Bye, folks. Bye.